Hey, Jonathan, uh, I remember in March of 2020, when March 15th, 2020, when Donald Glover released his last album uh, titled 31520. <laughs> um, we talked, and you thought I was crazy when I said it was going to change the way that music sounded. It may not have changed the way that music sounded, but there's a lot of music that sounds exactly like it now. I challenge you to go back and give it a listen and tell me if I'm crazy or not. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with Corey and James, and we are on one of our final few episodes of season one. We've we're we're approaching the end. We've done a whole season, guys. In the road. Yeah. Cheers. So as we uh, as we get to our final few here today, today I want to start out with a pretty. This should be a pretty entertaining question. I don't know what you guys are going to say, but we'll we'll see what happens. What is the worst advice you've ever been given? What is the worst advice that you have ever been given? Man, that's difficult. I feel like I've been given some really bad advice over the years. <laughs> so that's some really poor, poor advice. Um, let's see. Let's see here. What's, what's the worst I don't know if this is not advice, but this is the worst. Oh, yes. This was the beginning to the advice. <laughs> it was the beginning to the advice. Uh, it was, I was a kid, and one of my aunts said to me, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words may oh, never yeah. hurt you. So, like, let it, let it roll off. She said, just let the words roll off like water. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. That's stupid. I that's that's <laughs> stupid. Words absolutely do hurt. <laughs> Words are painful. And they do not roll off like water. <laughs> they pierce like knives. That yeah. Listen, one of the people who I think has hurt me the most is my five year old. Kaylee is mean. Kaylee is brutal. Absolutely brutal. And she has no idea that she's brutal. I think that's like the worst part of it. She says something so matter-of-factly, and I look at her, and I'm like, why are you trolling me right now? I've had to teach her what it means to troll somebody and how to, to kindly stop doing that. <laughs> I mean, I've been given a lot of terrible advice as a mother. People tell you a lot of ridiculous things when you're about to have a child. Like, all right. All right, number one thing that I would, I would count as ridiculous is... Um, People tell you to wait as long as possible before going to the hospital. And sometimes that's a great idea. Sometimes it is. But sometimes you're past due and you've been having 13 hours of contractions, but you wait to go to the hospital because people tell you to wait till your water breaks. Then you get there and you find out, oh, they, they wanted me to come one hour in because I'm past due. And I could have freaking had this baby by now. But instead, I've been going through labor at home, experiencing this for no possible reason. There was no reason for me to wait as long as possible to go to the hospital. I did not have to do that. 
I did not have to do that. Somebody told me in response to, this is real serious, it's not quite a funny one, but um, I was talking about how I went to this meeting and was the only woman in the meeting, and the men who were there were blatantly disrespectful to me. Like, it was like, they were obviously disrespectful to me, and afterwards I was talking with one of the people about it, and I was like, hey, I like, did you notice how they were treating me like that? And the advice given to me was, you're just going to have to get used to that. You're just going to have to figure out how to respond to that. And I was like, you know, I do need to figure out how to respond. I do. But why do I have to get used to it? Why shouldn't we as a culture want to do better? Like, Why should I have to get used to being treated poorly? Shouldn't other people have to get used to having women present yeah that's that's terrible advice that's terrible advice yeah i i don't know i mean honestly this sounds awful but like the only thing that that came to my mind just now while you were talking was the phrase no pain no gain Uh, (laughs) yeah that's stupid like yeah but sometimes your leg is broke yeah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like I remember one time specifically my friends my friend, my friends from high school will know exactly who and when I'm talking about. Like like we the ones that I still talk to will still like bring this up. I remember one time specifically one of our really close friends was like working out hard and was like passionate about this workout and you know, no pain, no gain. And he overdid it. You know, because like, I think like we all had this mentality of like pushing through, like makes you stronger, you know, and he overdid it. And the next day when he woke up, he could not move his arms. (laughs) And when I mean like he couldn't move his arms, I don't mean like he couldn't pick them up. I mean, they were locked at a 90 degree angle and he could not, he could not move. He couldn't carry his lunch tray because then he couldn't extend his arms to set it down on the table. Like he couldn't sit in a, in a desk because like his elbows wouldn't fit because of the position that they were locked in. <laughs> like, like this dude could not move because he overdid it. Sometimes stop when it hurts. Like, <laughs> sometimes you've torn a muscle and you need that's, that's to pull word. up, bro. Like sometimes you're hammy is gone it's just snapped and you should stop running sometimes your joints are out of place and you should just relax like sometimes sometimes you're in your mid-30s and you can't play basketball like you used to shout out to kt (laughs) shout out to kt but you're still playing ball better than all the other 35 year olds big ups barbara listen all i'm saying all i'm saying on this side tangent is like is genuinely I'm not saying that in your 30s you have to stop playing basketball, but I am saying that in your 30s there's an audience that you ought not play basketball with. And that audience is people in their late teens and early 20s who are still like shooting for that hoop dream. Like you don't need to be out there, big homie. Like you just don't. You just don't. Let's get a 30 and over uh, crew and let's run. Indeed. If you have a 30 and over crew, is anybody still going into the paint? Dio. Dio, mate. You just tend to jog three-point line to three-point line. All right, this ain't about me. <laughs> Mind your business and let's move on. <laughs> I, I, this, is, this, is, this, is the, this is the worst advice. Like, 
some of the worst advice I, I've ever gotten, like on multiple fronts, and it was fake it till you make it. Oh, oh fake it till you make it. Yep. Fake it. Like I was told in multiple occasions to fake it till I made it. But the reality is, like, I guess I'm just not that good of a faker. <laughs> Everybody knew I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Fake it till you make it. Didn't quite, didn't quite pan out for me. That, that actually is really bad advice. I wonder where that came from. I don't know. Hey Arnold, maybe. <laughs> Definitely not from Arnold. <laughs> I, don't know. I just picked something random. It didn't come from Arnold, and it surely didn't come from Walker, Texas Ranger. No. Uh-uh. No. All right. So. Um, this question, you know, we we brought this up in relation to Sabbath. Because I know, I know typically, I don't know the conversations you guys have been in, but when I hear Sabbath talked about, it's typically said with just a very black and white, find a day to rest, figure it out. If you can't figure it out, it's because you're not trying hard enough. And, that, and sometimes that's just a lie. Sometimes your schedule is just wildly out of pocket and there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you really do just get robbed of your Sabbath and you can't figure out how to rest and everyone rests differently. And so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. How has it been for you guys as people who are bivocational, as people raising families, um, as people who get pulled in a hundred different directions? How has it been for the two of you trying to figure out Sabbath? Well, I'll let I'll let James talk about uh, the original intent of of Sabbath in the first place. Um, but I think like before we can even get to like what its intent is, there are some like classic things that we need to get out of our head, right? So first of all, let me just say like rest in peace to grind culture bro like like i i can't i can't stand like the idea of if you're not where you want to be you just got to work harder like no that's that could possibly be not true i mean maybe if somebody's really lazy maybe it's true but i think in general that's probably not true and will also like give you a stroke like i think that um you know i i hear a lot of people um you know talk about talk about unhealthy unhealthy work rhythms like unrealistic work rhythms that this just has to get this has to get done and so and nobody else can do it and so i have to work all these hours like i'm not even talking about people that i know anymore i'm just talking about myself these are lies that all that i believed i believed that there were things on my plate that only i could do And so I had to, I had to continuously grind to accomplish those things. And there was nobody that I could, that I could delegate to. I honestly believed that, um, I honestly believed that my value and how like good I was or how productive I was, was shown in a busy schedule. So like the busier, the busier my schedule, the more effective I was as a person. Like I genuinely believed that. And then I think the biggest lie of them all is that just slowing down and crashing occasionally 
is the rest that you needed. (laughs) And I got to like, I got to keep it real. Like there are healthy and unhealthy ways to rest. Okay. Like sleeping for 14 hours and binge watching Netflix for another eight is not a healthy, is not a healthy rest. Probably. Right. Like I don't want to overgeneralize, but like, I can't think of a situation where like that's healthy. Um, only taking a vacation once a year for one week out of the year and working hard as can be the other 51 weeks of the year is not realistic. It's not, it's not a healthy work rhythm, saving up all of your, uh, like just storing all of your need for rest for one allotted time of the year. And you expect to be good to go when you get back. It's not realistic. This is another podcast for another day, but seven day vacations are not really vacations. Those are trips like, but that's, that's a soapbox for another day. (laughs) So like before we can even get into like, what do we do with Sabbath or what is Sabbath or how do I handle Sabbath? We got to get rid of these classic, classic things that we've held onto and break down our idea of, uh, of how to approach this because we live, uh, most of us live predominantly in a culture that promotes like the grind until you are where you want to be like the self-made it mentality of like the harder I work, the better my, my position will be. And I don't know for a lot of reasons if that's, if that's necessarily true. Yeah, man, I think you hit on it huge. Like the idea of grind culture that, We don't even need to say grind culture. We can just say like broader American culture Mm -hmm. in this moment, the pursuit of the American dream, like grind culture is the American dream distilled and people trying to make it happen faster and and harder. I think, uh, yeah, that is fundamentally antithetical to the kingdom of God. So God in the beginning creates everything to be good. As he creates everything, he works essentially in creation for six days. On the seventh day, it says that he rested. So he sits down and looks at his creation. I don't think we can fully embrace the presence of God standing up and moving. I think we have to fully like sit down in a way that like God does to truly embrace his presence and live from a posture. That's funny where we stand up and we sit down. But then God creates Adam in his own image. He creates Eve likewise in his own image. So they are designed like God to work for six days and to rest one day. As the biblical narrative moves after the fall of humanity, what you find is that grind culture rise to the point of the Tower of Babel when they're trying to build this thing unto themselves. And they're trying to make it happen themselves. And God sees that and he confounds their languages. And then you find Abraham. So Abraham is God creating an alternative society that is fundamentally different than Babel. It's fundamentally different than this grind culture. It's a culture that moves on faith, not on the sweat of their brow and on their own ingenuity, but it moves on God's presence. By the time you get to Egypt, what you find is in Egypt, This grind culture grows to a point where the Egyptians decide, hey, we need to oppress this whole people group and put them in slavery as a means of an economic engine to keep our grind culture going. And then you find God like releasing them and giving this alternative society, Israel, the law. And what's in the law? What's in the Ten Commandments? Honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I think like 
the Sabbath is something we have to theologically and biblically look at and say, okay, this is something I need to embrace. Now, on the converse, we can't become legalistic about it. Jesus is healing folks on the Sabbath. Hello. Mm -hmm. The Pharisees and Sadducees get salty with him. And Jesus is like, uh, actually, the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. So I think we have to, we got to take a step back and figure out what does it mean for us to, to take the Sabbath. And for me, there's just one, there's one principle. Man, I take it as I can get it. Like, I take it as I can get it. I try to be strategic as I can about like setting aside time. Mm -hmm. But the reality is like when I stop working and set aside time, like I got cut the grass and I got to like go Kids to the, birthday parties. Yeah, go to, yeah, mm -hmm. It's just like all this stuff. So I set aside time to like be present. But the reality is like, yeah, I take time at night a lot when everyone sleep and I focus in the Christ and I take extended time and I pray or I'll go on a walk by myself or I'll do things throughout the week that accumulate yeah. into awake Sabbath time. I think that's, I think that's a common misconception that a lot of us fall into is the idea that like the Sabbath has to happen on a particular day, right? A Saturday or a Sunday, preferably. Um, and I actually think like the idea, the idea of Sabbath, the idea of, of rest and honor to God's creation is, is, well, it's a heart posture, first of all, but it should be a daily heart posture. Mm. You know, there should be daily points where, where you're not like, there should be boundaries in your, in your daily life that where the space is made, um, to rest and to admire what uh, what God has accomplished. Um, and there should be larger spaces, you know, there should be, there should be a weekly rhythm. There should be a monthly rhythm and uh, an annual rhythm. But like you're saying, like, I think we get lost in the legalism of it all. Like, well, Sunday is for rest because Sunday is when I, is when I go to church and then the Browns are on. And then, you know, like, like Sunday is, is meant for rest. Like it's not legalistic all like that. And if we get there, like, man, any number of things can throw that rhythm off. But when it's a heart posture and when it's a part of like, when it's a part of our spiritual rhythm um, to incorporate sab Sabbath into our, into our daily lives, um, then, you know, then those other worldly things that just naturally come up can't throw us as bad as sometimes they do. Yeah, and that idea of resting from specific things, like that is that is good news to me with where I'm at in life right now. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I'll just be straight with you, Sundays are the least restful day of my week. <laughs> Man. I, me too. I like like I enjoy Sundays, so don't hear what I'm not saying, but they are beyond a shadow of a doubt Man. the least restful day of my week. Cause you're leaving. Mm -hmm. early, early in the morning yeah. so i got all three kids to get ready by myself and and get to service at a reasonable time to be helpful with any kind of setup or anything then i got to keep track of my kids 
who are running all over this building because let's be serious the pastor's kids are usually the worst the worst they're the worst yeah and they're the most misbehaved beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. so i'm trying to find my kids 90 percent of the time then we got service then we got teared out then i gotta film lunch then jamie falls asleep on the car ride home and that doesn't really work because then i gotta wake her up to get her up to her bed like so it's a nightmare it's a nightmare. and by the time i feel any sort of calm it's 4 p.m and i gotta figure out what to feed these people for dinner like Sundays are not restful. So I have had to draw different boundaries in my week. And they're so random. Like there's the most random things. I said something the other day to somebody because they were coming over on a Monday night. And I said, I don't clean on Mondays. I don't clean on Mondays. Like, Go to my house on Mondays is nasty. Just right. be ready. I don't clean on Mondays uh-uh. because the whole freaking family was home all weekend. They trashed this house. And on Mondays, I'm not cleaning because it was a stressful weekend. And that's just a random boundary I draw. And then when I go to my grandma's, I go see my grandma every single Thursday. Pick Kaylee up from school. Go to grandma's. I don't take my phone to grandma's. So if you can't get a hold of me, I'm sorry. I got my watch. The phone call will ring through. It might take me a little while to text because I don't take my phone to grandma's. Like it's just ran- like just completely random things yeah. that I choose to rest from because that that's the pockets I get at this stage in life. But then I plan quarterly something that I know is yep. going to be really, really, really restful it's usually with just like one other person like my friend jordan her and i usually go do something somewhere for like two days we don't take our kids and sometimes we don't even talk for the whole car ride there because we're both introverts and that's (laughs) life-giving that's weird so it's just random it's just random rhythms of what it is that 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 i need to rest from because that is the way that I can be calm and feeling re-energized and ready to re-engage. And something you said earlier, James, like stood out to me so much that, what did you say? You can't take in the majesty of God standing up. Yeah. That's such a, that's so good. Like I think about, I think, so I've, I've talked before about how I grew up in a, in a big Italian family. Well, growing up in a big Italian family, everything revolves around food. And I just think about my family and how excited we are when we all come together because every single one of us has put so much work into creating some piece of food for the celebration. And it takes so much work. Like my dad's always making noodles from scratch. My grandma's always making um, some kind of, like, well, she used to always make some sort of crazy kind of cookie, whatever it is. And when we bring everything together and we sit around the table, what do you do? You sit around the table and you're usually rehashing all of the intricacies that went into creating it and you're admiring the work that somebody else has put in and you're explaining all the work that you just put in and you're sitting at this table and you're taking in the goodness and the magnitude and the excitement of everything that just came together to make this as beautiful as it was and it would be so different standing. If you weren't sitting and resting and looking at it and admiring it, it's just not the same if you're standing over a countertop shoveling it in because you got to run and get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Relatable. That's it. Yeah. I think what Corey said was huge and like bears repeating. Like the idea of like 
Sabbath not as something you do, but as a part of who we are as a people of God. So I'm working this into like my day and my week and my month and my quarter and my year. And I think in doing that, it's one of the most subversive things we can do as the people of God. Yeah. Because it shows that my efforts are not what's making the ball move to the end zone. Yeah. The reality is we plant and we water, but it's God who gives the increase. That's right. So mm-hmm. when I stop, that's me like saying to the rest of the world, or when I take a week off or two weeks off, or when I like vamp from social media for 40 days or like <laughs> whatever it may be, it's me saying like, no, I'm not actually in control. Skyler said something super important to me a few years ago. He looked at me and he was like, I was concerned about like taking a little bit of time off. It's a church plan. It's fragile. It's poor. All church plans are porcelain. Like yeah. they're, <laughs> they're fragile. Fragile little babies. And Skyler just looked at me and he was like, hey, uh, the world spins without you, bro. And I was just like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like a gut punch. I was like, yep. "That's such a good person to have on your team, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. Somebody to who Skyler. will say that." Yeah, he's like, "The world spins without you." Yep. He's like, "Absolutely, this will be, this will all be fine." Because ultimately, it's, it's God. It's yep. like, it's, yeah, it's yep. not us. Ultimately, I think uh, you know, acknowledgement and participation in the Sabbath has to has to begin with self-awareness like you gotta you gotta know yourself you know so so for me like I'm in a season right now where I've begun to recognize that one of the times that I felt the most attacked was right after I would preach on Sunday Mm -hmm. I used to I used to use the analogy of like after I would preach I swear like like the devil would be like waiting on the other side of the door. And as soon as I walked out from preaching a sermon, he, cause he knew he wasn't allowed in, he'd wait on the outside. And as soon as I got to the parking lot, he would pounce and he would point out all the things that I did wrong or all the ways that people could take what I said incorrectly <laughs> or all the ways that like, I sh- I'm not fit to speak on that or all the way, like, like I would just get attacked. And I realized that it's because on Sundays, you know, Sunday, Sunday's a big day in, in, in church world. And in Sunday, you are most likely, uh, like on most weeks, you are getting my absolute best. And then you're getting God carrying me the rest of the way of where he needs mm-hmm. us to be. Right. So you're getting a lot of physical and spiritual effort on Sunday to the point that by the time everyone leaves and I'm ready to go home, I'm empty. Yeah. I'm empty. Like one of the most relatable passages is what is when the the woman with the condition touches touches Jesus's robe and it said it says Jesus felt the power leave him. Like that's mm-hmm. what it feels like on Sundays is it's like I feel like something has like left me. And I need to know myself in that place and know that I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable to attack. I'm vulnerable to, you know, my own like natural uh, crap. Like I'm, I'm very vulnerable right after Sunday services. And so I need to intentionally um, plan around that. And so like I have, you know, almost or, you know, we try to hold to this as like a mini Sabbath immediately after because I know I need to retreat. I need to not be around people. And I need to, I need to let God do his work and fill me back up. And sometimes I need other people to step into that space and like, encourage me like, uh, like this past week, like I need God to like use other people to speak Mm -hmm. into things to like lift me back up because I'm just like feeling that low. 
it starts with knowing yourself. You got to know the times of your week where you're just like giving and giving and you know at the end of that, you're going to be utterly exhausted. You need to plan a healthy recharge after that. Like even if, even if it's just, you know, a couple hours, like you need to plan a healthy, I know that this day is going to take a lot out of me. So mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do to ha- to make sure that I allot God the space to help me bounce back. And then the other thing, just super practically speaking, is, you know, we do have um, we do have times. Actually, it's about to start here in a few minutes. Like as soon as we're done recording this, we're going to go home. We're going to get our kids and my kids know that like that phone goes upstairs. And for the next, you know, 24 to, to however many hours, like I'm yours. I'm all yours. Like nothing else is going to pull me out of this. Like until you go to bed on Saturday night. I'm all in. Like I'm all, I'm I'm all in. Whatever whatever you want to do. Now as soon as you go to bed on Saturday night, I got things to do in the morning so I'm I'm refocusing on Saturday late nights usually. But like from from time that I get off work on Friday to they go down on Saturday night, like I'm all in and that is a bigger chunk that's allotted specifically every week. Can we so. talk about something like super practical just as you guys were talking that I wish more people, when they ask their pastors to do something or invite them to or whatever, I wish they started the question with, what day is your Sabbath? Because as, as, a, uh, as a church planting family, I know that like I see, I see Saturday night sermon prep. Sunday is not a Sabbath for us. Oh. Then there's a Monday through Friday work week where people expect you to be on and expect your attention all day. And, oh, hey, if you're keeping count, I just named all seven days. So, like, I wish people asked more often before you before you engage with someone in ministry and you put an expectation on them, ask the question, what day is your Sabbath? So that you can avoid that day. And I'm so thankful. We have... We have a couple at our church that I absolutely love. Shout out to Rob and Karen. Because Rob and Karen, they just invite us over to have breakfast. First off, Rob yeah. makes like the best breakfast I've ever had in my life. Um, but he just invites us over to have breakfast. And there's no agenda. No expectation. There, there's no expectation. He's not inviting us over so that like they can have a secret conversation or like direct things to go a certain way. He just wants to have breakfast and hang out. And I'm going to tell you right now, going to their house for breakfast is like my favorite morning because it's just hanging out. And for me, I have a midweek, I have a midweek Sabbath goal. Like I said, I take like breaks from specific things throughout the week. But there's always one day where I'm like, all right, I'm looking at my calendar this week. I have no obligations on this day. This day is going to be my rest day. And that's the day that I, I try to I try to not be on, so to speak. And typically when we get a text from Rob and it's like, hey, what are you doing Tuesday morning? You guys want to come over for breakfast? I'm like, ah, there's my cue. Tuesday's my rest day this week because I'm starting my day with that amazing breakfast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the thing I learned most in 2020, which was difficult for everybody, I think it was, yeah, I think it was difficult for pastors too. It was difficult for everybody, but it was difficult for pastors. 
unfortunately have a Rolodex in my head of folks who like tapped out, yeah, didn't tapped out of ministry. Yeah, it's it's really, and that's yeah, no fault of their own, no fault of anyone's, but yeah, it just yeah, just something it, that happened. It's just something. Yeah, I think the thing like that God taught me the most as I can reflect back now, decently, hopefully, I can reflect back on it. Yeah, I learned that I was yeah, I'm a person before I'm a pastor. Yeah. And I think, like, being a pastor sometimes, it's like, yeah, you're my pastor, and I, I need you to marry, I need you to bury, I need you to counsel, I need you to baptize, I need you to do all of these things. But, yeah, I'm a person, and I can't do any of that unless, like, I'm tending to myself as a person mm-hmm. first and letting God, like, do his thing in that personal area. I think the only thing that I would... You know, I guess what I would kind of like land on in this is, you know, going back to that self-awareness piece, like you just got to know, you got to know what's life giving to you. You got to know how God has designed you to, uh, to receive and how God has designed you to, uh, to bounce back and let him use those things, you know, let him use those things. Like for me, in most instances, it's not, it's not a, 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 a silent week on the beach listening to the waves crash like that's not going to get me recharged that's going to drive me nuts and i'm going to think of all the things that i need to do miss me with all of that like know know how you recharge know what god uses to specifically fill you up how he's designed you to receive and just give him the space give him the space to do it because he will so listen, like I said at the start of this, we are in our final couple episodes of season one. Um, all three of us are preparing for Sabbath in various forms and various ways over the summer. And um, next week, actually, I guess in two weeks, in two weeks after this one releases, we have a very special final guest who will be joining us. We're very excited about it. What? This is brand news. This, no, this is we talked about me. this. I can't say it now. Oh, I can't man. say that. It's okay, a, okay. End this podcast so, so you can so remind Corey me So Corey and all of you will be surprised <laughs> with our final episode. Of, thank you guys for being with us. Um, we'll talk to you soon. What's up?